Okay. Time to rock and roll. Today I'm going to read a little bit more from Conscious Immortality, some of the sayings of Ramana Maharishi. And these, I'm going over some of the most basic questions in this chapter um, that were posed to Maharishi by different um, disciples of his, uh, different ashrams over time. And one of the questions that came was, is it harmless to keep on smoking? Or we could have said drinking or any other habit um, while you're in a spiritual lifestyle. Is it harmless to keep on smoking? And Maharaji says, no, tobacco is a poison. Better to do without it. Any habits that we're attached to, any strong habits that we can't seem to let go of, it's, it's better to be in abstinence. It's better to let go of things that automatically draw your attention away from your sadhana, away from your spiritual practice. The human life on the spiritual path is so precious. We have such a precious opportunity given to us when we become aware, we have a lifetime where we become aware of a spiritual path within, where we have the opportunity to go within, when we have great teachers, great teachings, and when we have a hunger. It's an opportunity that we want to take advantage of, that we're meant to take advantage of. It's an opportunity that's always staring us in the face during that lifetime when we have this hunger, this hunger to go within, this hunger to discover our true self, to become one with cosmic consciousness to become one with divine awareness. When we are, when we have that hunger and we're aware of that hunger, we should treat that hunger as a responsibility. We have a, it's, life is telling us when it gives us this hunger that we have a responsibility to do something about this hunger, to respond to this hunger. And the best thing to do is to stay hungry. Stay in abstinence of habits, bad habits, any habits that draw your attention back out into the world. Stay hungry, my friends, stay hungry. Another questioner said, what about passions? And Maharaji says, they're the same force as used in meditation, only diverted into other channels. What does he mean by this? You know, if we have habits, uh, becoming an artist, becoming a painter, great, becoming a wonderful cook, a wonderful housemaker, a wonderful mother, a wonderful father, we're passionate about it. Sometimes we're... Uh, vociferously passion and we tell everyone we demonstrate it to everyone 
Maharaji is suggesting that we be also become passionate, but what he means here become silently passionate about our sadhana. The world doesn't need to know about it. Our closest friends and associates, perhaps, it's good that they, uh, we have respect for them and they have respect for us. It makes life easy. But it's a silent passion, but it's a passion just the same in the beginning. Over time, as we make progress, our awareness becomes automatically hungry for the more and more divine presence, more and more clear awareness. And as our soul awakens, it automatically becomes magnetized silently attracted to the divine presence within, silently, automatically, effortlessly drawn within. So the soul itself will eventually become passionate, but it doesn't hurt to be a little passionate in the beginning, even in our sadhana. It, that type of passion helps us have faith and certitude in the big picture in the uh, reason to do, have a sadhana, have a spiritual practice at all. And once we reach clear awareness, the, it's no longer a practice. It's the awareness meditates us automatically. So another person asked, do you recommend that we become uh, uh, vegetarian, give up meat, uh, give up alcoholic drinks, give up uh, any strong habits. And he says, yes, it's advisable to give them up because this type of abstention is useful for beginners. Let go of things, remain hungry. May remain hungry for the only thing that really matters which is your clear awareness, your spiritual awareness, your soul awareness, if you want to call it that, divine awareness, whatever term you want to give it, the experience is identical. The difficulty, he says, in surrendering them is not that they are really necessary, but merely because if we habitually been attached to these other things, Until the mind is firm, firm, is firmly aware of the hunger that we have inside of us to go within, till it's firmly aware of the path that we're on, till it's firmly aware of the big picture, then we're tempted to fall into these habits. Once we make progress on the path, progress that alleviates the hunger, progress that brings us into clearer awareness, even if it isn't perfectly clear awareness, the fact that our awareness is becoming clearer, oh my goodness, what a beautiful milestone that is. Such a Magnificent sign of progress. 
cherish these things. Cherish the milestones that we've reached. Just being on the path is such a significant milestone. After 4 billion years, and we're finally starting to get our act together. Wow. <laughs> Go down to the dime store, 5 and 11. Of course, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> Go down this, the drugstore, the Kmart, or the Walmart, or the Costco. Get yourself a gold star. Put it on your forehead. <laughs> Wear it with pride. <laughs> But go beyond the emotions, of course. Go beyond the ego, of course. Just, And all we have to do is feed the hunger with our sadhana, feed the hunger with our spiritual practice. Until the mind is automatically uh, following and automatically understands, automatically has the big picture, uh, you know, and it must have some big picture, the Ramana also says. It must have some big picture or idea to think of, or else the meditation will give place to sleep and wandering thoughts. And that's what we've been doing here. We, I can hold up mirrors made out of words that point you within. I can describe the big picture. I can describe the methodologies that work. But they're just reminders for each of us, helpful reminders to remind us of the big picture. And I can paint pictures. I can bring up different perspectives from different saints that do the same thing. And if we're surrounded by ideas and concepts and uh, discussions of other perspectives from other saints, from other mystics. And all of those discussions point us inward. That's about all I can do. But when any of us looks inward, the thing about looking inward is it wakes up our soul. It causes our soul to say yes to the mind. Yes, yes, there is a clear awareness within you. Yes, there is a truth within you. And it's, it's beyond your pride and your emotions and your logic and your reason. There's a clear awareness beyond the fragmentation that you're used to in the mind. And uh, Maharaji also, someone asked about meditation, the time for meditation. He says, meditation in the early morning upon rising is best because the mind is free of thoughts, etc. Regarding meditation in a group or alone, he says, being alone is advisable for beginners, but we must learn to advance to the point where we create our own mental solitude. It doesn't matter where we're at. We must learn to find solitude even in the midst of society. We should not give up our meditation because we're among people, but carry it on even then. But do not do it ostentatiously. Do it secretly, inwardly. We don't need to make a physical exhibition of the fact that you're meditating. 
And this is what being a silent observer is all about. We've been practicing that and using the term silent observer. In the beginning, it's enough just to not react to the mind, just to not follow the mind, not follow the emotions. It's enough to just float in an empty space for a few seconds. Eventually, we discover the, we're, we're doing a self, we're doing a different version of a self-inquiry of direct awareness path that Lamana and his Arkadatta taught. Instead of strongly asking who we are, who am I? by simply floating as a silent observer, which is a more direct way of doing direct awareness. It's a more direct way. By simply floating as a silent observer, after a few hours or a few days or a few instances of being a silent observer, we realize that the mind acts by itself. And as we see that the mind acts by itself, we realize that we are not the mind. A hundred years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago, anyone doing the direct awareness, consciousness path would sometimes spend a whole lifetime getting to the point where they realize that they are not the mind. We don't have to waste months years, decades, lifetimes even, trying to figure out that we're not the mind. Science, many, well, modern scientists have been telling us that we're not the mind. All the modern philosophers and saints are telling us that we're not the mind. But that's not as convincing as floating as a silent observer and seeing for yourself that the mind is answering things and doing thoughts and, and acting of its own accord and, and doing it in a way that in which you're not involved at all. Doing it in such a way that it's clear that the mind is separate from you, that it's something else other than your clear awareness. Floating as a silent observer is the most direct method of self-inquiry because the object of self-inquiry, the first objective of self-inquiry is to realize that you are not the mind. The second objective of self-inquiry and most consciousness paths is to realize that you're something other than the mind, that you're some sort of clear awareness. Merely, and that sometimes takes another several decades if we're trying to do things through reason and deduction and observation and question and answering types of inquiries. Quite simply, we can, we can discover and finish and complete the two basic inquiries that serve as the foundation of direct awareness paths. We can achieve both objectives within a week or two of floating as a silent observer. Mm -hmm. Instead of spending decades, we can do it in a couple of weeks. 
I've had a number of disciples who said, Greg, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I said, try it. They put it off. They put it off, put it off. Finally, they don't make any progress. And they say, geez, I don't, I'm not making all the progress I should. I said, are you using the floating as a silent observer method? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, then why not give it a try? You've tried everything else. Try this. And, you know, they'll come back a day or two days or half a week later and say, oh, my God, I don't, I don't know why I waited so long to do it. <laughs> wow, I'm not the mind. You're absolutely right. I'm not the mind. Cool. Another big milestone out of the way. Ramana also discusses it this way. He says, when attention is directed towards objects and intellect, the mind is only aware of these things. That's our present state. But when we attend to the self, when we become conscious of it alone, therefore that becomes the matter of attention and the matter of traction and the thing that stills our hunger, you see. And we can achieve that third objective again in a matter of weeks or months using the silent observer practice. Ramana also talks about how important it was, you see, to have a big picture. Okay? Later on, uh, he discusses, and later on, uh, the Ribu Gita, the Astravaka Gita, Bahavagat Gita, all discuss the same thing, which is we have to have a certitude that the, of the big picture, um, that we're the soul, we're not just the mind, that we can go beyond the mind through simple practices of self-observation as a silent observer, that we have a hunger that once fulfilled takes us all the way back in the divine awareness. All we have to do is practice a silent observer path for a while and we will become certain and we'll be able to float in the certitude that we are not the mind. And after a while we easily see that we're the awareness because when we're not in the mind, what are we experiencing? Awareness. When we're simply aware without thinking, when we're simply in awareness without trying to be in awareness, it becomes crystal clear to us that we are awareness. And once we've done the silent observer practice for a couple of weeks or less, sometimes a couple of days, we begin to realize that we can maintain an awareness of awareness. And then another week or two later, we realize we can float as awareness. And sometimes after a while, even without realizing it, we walk around in the daytime, maybe months after we've started the silent observer practice, and, you know, maybe in the beginning, we say, I'm going to do it three times a day, then five times a day. But what eventually happens is we find out we simultaneously leave the mind and go into a silent observer state 
even without planning to do it, even without deciding to do it, even without saying this is the time to go into a silent observer state, it will simply happen automatically. Maharaji continues by saying, if the mind wanders, we must at once realize we're not the body and inquire, who am I? But we discover that immediately if we just practice silent observers. And when the mind, when we realize that we are not the mind, we start to realize that we are a greater self than the self of the mind. Indian terminology is sometimes a little bit confusing to Westerners and it's actually much easier to say to ourselves, I'm moving from fragmented awareness to clear awareness than it is to say to yourself, I want to learn how to become the greater self, the bigger self, well, what is it? We don't know. And no matter how much we read about this greater self, the Satchitananda self, the, the Brahman self, the Krishna consciousness self, the Christ consciousness self, if we think of things in those terms, it sounds like something that's impossible to achieve in a single lifetime. On the other hand, on the other hand, if our goal in at any level, <laughs> in any level of sadhana on the path is to simply become more clearly aware of awareness, we can meditate with certitude that it's possible. And as we become even slightly more aware, of awareness, you see, we're proving through an experimentation, we're proving through a scientific examination through to ourselves that clear awareness brings more happiness, more peace, more freedom, more sense of love, more sense of oneness, more sense of harmony, balance and equipoise than being in the mind. You see, this is not only a more direct path to clear awareness, it is also an easier path. It is mentally easier, it is logically easier, and it doesn't require standing on one foot and, and or doing hatha yoga intensely and with one finger on one nose and breathing one way and finger on the other nose breathing a different way and trying to listen to the sound current or many other types of meditations. This is about relaxing. It's simply about relaxing and a certitude of a sadhana that works, a certitude of a path that allows us to become more aware. It's, it's all about becoming more aware of awareness. And when that happens, 
we automatically feel more resonant. We feel more in harmony with the oneness of everything. We eventually feel the divine presence within us, even if it's just vague. And the vagueness eventually becomes a very vibrant resonance, and eventually becomes far more than just that. When we boil the path down to becoming more aware of clear awareness than we have been in the past. You see, that's something we can easily tackle. That's something we can easily do. We don't have to say to ourselves, I'm going to become enlightened at the eye center by going beyond the mind. That's a big goal. That's a huge step. And it'll happen. But if we say to ourselves, if we take it in a smaller bite and we just say, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be grateful, extremely grateful, very happy, very blessed, very precious. If sometime today I become more aware of awareness than I previously was. This is enough. If we keep doing that, if we keep becoming more aware of awareness, clear awareness, then the fragmented awareness of the mind, the confused drama of the mind. It's a small step, but it's a huge, huge milestone. <laughs> Again, you go down to Kmart, get yourself another gold star. <laughs> it's a huge, huge progress and so easy to achieve. In fact, it's so easy to achieve, it doesn't take any effort at all. All we gotta do is relax. So it's the most natural, the most direct method and the most relaxed, easy method of awareness. But when, as we attend to the real higher awareness within us, we begin to become conscious of it as just that at all times. And that's when we start to become in the path and not just on the path. When that awareness stays, when we float in that awareness, and time just disappears. Time disappears because we are in the path. Think about what happens when we reach a clear bubble of awareness. The mind-body awareness disappears. Time disappears, doesn't it? And many other things happen. But even in the beginning, even when we're just beginning to float in three to five seconds, after a week of practice or less, time disappears when we're in that bubble of awareness. Wow! <laughs> a huge milestone. A huge milestone. So easy to achieve. If the mind wanders, Ramana says, we must at once realize that we are not the body and instead just pay attention to the awareness that we are. After a while, it becomes natural. After a while, 
the things of the world just come and go and we can stay in awareness. This happens slowly over time as we simply learn to float in the world. I discovered this path very naturally. I didn't read about it. I didn't have to study it. And I can share that with you now. I started with Simran to try and control the mind. And I, once I learned to master Simran, once it was 24 hours a day, once it was natural, once it was constant, I noticed the, the sounds, but then I relaxed even more and noticed the frequencies, relaxed even more and I noticed the clear awareness. And that became my bhajan, my simran, and my dhyan. This is what Ramana advises as well. He doesn't say do the simran, he doesn't say do the bhajan, do the, do the dhyan. He says, do the path of clear awareness, it's enough. In fact, he talks about Dion on the next part. Someone says, um, how do you get beyond lust, anger? How do you overcome these things? And he says, by Dion. And how does he describe Dion? Same way we do, actually by holding on to a, your awareness and putting off all other thoughts, staying within awareness. He says, peace of mind comes automatically when our contemplation is simply that, awareness of awareness. Through it, it peace of mind and vibrance and harmony come from the absence of thoughts and emotions. When Dion is well-established, Dion of awareness, it cannot be given up. It will go on automatically, even when you're engaged in work, play, and even in sleep. It will eventually become so deep-rooted that it's natural. We've talked many times about once you've reached stage three, I think it is on the path, on, on the new way path of clear awareness, you sometimes wake up in the middle of your dreams at night in a state of clear awareness, clearly aware that you're aware of yourself in the dreamer, clearly awareness that the dreamer in the drama that you're looking at on the stage is running around the muck following the script of the dream and not really awake even though you're awake within the dreamer then eventually you begin to realize that it's not much different during the day <laughs> it's just a more vivid dream it's a 3d dream instead of a 2d uh, <laughs> you can meditate with your eyes open or shut, whatever suits you best. It makes no difference. He says the real importance is to be who you are. In other words, who are you? 
or you're the awareness. The, we learn after a few days, a few weeks, whatever. Maybe it takes some of us a few months, but it doesn't matter. We eventually learn, learn to the path of being a silent observer that we're not the mind. And then a day or two later, we realize, oh my goodness, we're just the awareness. Yeah, I was floating in awareness. Oh, when I'm floating in awareness, I'm just awareness. There's no I in it. It's, I'm just awareness. Wow. Oh, it's nice too. It's blissful. It's peaceful. Free. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it is. You're a lot more free, a lot more peaceful, a lot more, a lot more in the sadhana, the path. You're in the spirit, the mystic path. He says the real sight that happens, whether your eyes are open or closed, is the awareness that you have beyond your eyes, beyond the mind, beyond the, the lenses of the mind. He says, you see clear awareness because you're no longer attached to the things that you see. If you follow thoughts, in other words, if you follow thoughts, you follow objects, you follow color, you follow sounds, anything, you follow any type of phenomena, any type of event that is seen through the eyes then you get lost in the thoughts and reasoning and the memories of seeing and experiencing those objects. But if you gaze dispassionately, if you just gaze without looking, without trying to remember what you're looking at, if you just silently gaze, in other words, silently look. I remember the words of another saint. We have eyes to be able to learn how to see without eyes. We have ears to learn how to go beyond hearing. We have smells and noses so that we can go beyond smelling. We have a body so that we can learn to be beyond our body. We have a mind so that we can learn to be beyond the mind. And how do we do these things? Again, by learning to float, to relax while we're floating, to be silent, to watch what's happening as a silent observer while we float. If you pay attention to the objects of the world, you will see them, hear them, feel them. However, he, Ramana says, if you persistently pay attention only to the awareness within you, you will not pay attention to anything else. Ramana will constantly say, if you pay attention to the self, but what is the self that he talks about? The greater self is a self of pure awareness. If we constantly say to ourselves, I'm only going to be the greater self, but we don't know what the greater self is, it gets kind of hard to become the greater self, doesn't it? To practice being the greater self. But if we say to ourselves, I'm just going to be clear awareness, I'm just going to rest in clear awareness instead, we can learn how to do that very quickly, very easily. 
and we can stay in that clear awareness. And the longer we stay in clear awareness, the closer we come to realizing the greater self, which is beyond even the soul. He says the mind, the questioner says, the mind is fickle and wandering. How do you control it? Again, be a silent observer, sit in silent meditation, find the clear awareness within you and learn to abide in the clear awareness. He, Ramana goes on to say, if you once, if you at once direct your attention, if you ask yourself, if you just ask yourself, you know, why am I at ease? I mean, why am I not at ease when I'm trying to meditate and the soul the mind comes and it bothers me and it pesters me, the emotions come? Just ask yourself, who is it that's emotional? Who is it that's frustrated? Who is it that's impatient? Is it your clear awareness or is it the mind? Ah, it's just the mind. And you can ignore the mind. <laughs> You're not the mind, just don't play that game. The mind will say to itself, oh, I'm frustrated. Another part of the mind will say, yeah, I know it's, it's frustrating. Well, boy, it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's really frustrating. I don't like this frustration. Yeah, I fear frustration. And then the mind will say, I love to be not in frustration. And then the fear side will say, yeah, it's frustrating to be not in clear awareness. And the mind will say, I don't know how to get into clear awareness. And then the negative mind will say, I don't know how to get into clear awareness either. Don't even bother. <laughs> Just laugh at the mind. It's like a child playing with its toes. <laughs> you ever watch a baby? Little child. What little child does it play with its toes from time to time? <laughs> they, babies are fascinated by their toes. <laughs> they, are, they get fascinated by their toes. It's fascinating to watch them. Eventually it becomes fascinating to watch the mind chasing its own illusions. It's like a dog chasing its tails. It's just as funny as watching a baby play with its toes. <laughs> Treat your mind like a child at times. It's a good thing. A questioner asked Maharaji, how are lust, anger, etc. overcome? Again, fight the yon. Just do your dion. Be aware of your awareness. Is the heart the same as the psychological heart? Questioner asks. No, 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 says Maharaj. It's all meant to help the aspirant. He says, yoga, yoga practices often talk about the heart chakra, but that's a totally different heart that we're talking about in spiritual practices. <clears throat> As we've discussed when we were talking about Hafiz, or Rumi or Miriam, they talk about the heart and the soul. Swamiji also talks about the heart and soul. Babaji, the heart and soul, heart of consciousness. It's just another word for the core or the source of your awareness, clear awareness. It's where your clear awareness starts. It's where your 
non-emotional love of the divine rests at the core of your awareness, the heart of your awareness. It's, if we're very heart-centered in our life, even if it's in, if we're emotionally heart-centered, if we're just in love, we like to be in love with things that tickle our heart, tickle our fancy, nothing wrong with that. You can make that the heart of your practice. And once we realize that the heart of clear awareness is a deep awareness, that is naturally attracted to the source of its awareness, to celestial awareness. Make that your source of love. This is what Kabir talks about as Nurgan Bhakti, path of the formless form, path of the heartless heart, the path of the non-emotional love. Nirgan Bhakti. Absolute awareness is just a word for a clear awareness that's totally clear, that stays clear most of the time. We'll get there. We'll get there. Once we allow clear awareness to be, and it happens automatically as a silent observer clear awareness will naturally be what we are as a silent observer. It'll just happen. You know, after three or four or five days or a couple of weeks, whatever, a couple of months, whatever, of practicing being a silent observer in the day, you'll find you're already in clear awareness at a time when you're supposed to do it. You just, oh, I didn't start. I didn't say myself, I need to be a silent observer this time. I'm simply in clear awareness. And that'll happen more and more often. You just be in clear awareness. And this river of events in your life will just come and go with all the objects and emotions and thoughts that occur in the mind. They'll just come and go while you stay in clear awareness with unruffled sense of peace and unruffled sense of love an unruffled, undiminished sense of awareness of the divinity of awareness within you. In other words, a, an awareness of the divine presence. <laughs>